0: Hi and welcome to Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin. Today, we're talking about running hosted Bitcoin Lightning or BTC pay nodes. And I'm talking with Graham Krizek. He's the founder and CEO of Voltage, a Bitcoin and Lightning node company. So we get into Lightning and why people choose to use cloud nodes, setting up as a merchant, easy deployment, the cost of running, as well as flow and sidecar channels. This show is brought to you by swanbitcoin.com, the easy way to accumulate Bitcoin. With SwanBitcoin, you can wire in funds to purchase in a larger lump sum purchase, or you can set up a BSP, Bitcoin Savings Plan, automated recurring Bitcoin buying and there's also a really cool calculator now on the front page of the website so if you go to swanbitcoin.com you can punch in the numbers and see if you would put in hundred dollars a week for five years how much would you have put in and how much would you have now the results will surprise you also if you are a high net worth investor if you are a high net worth investor and you need some more hands-on guidance with a dedicated Bitcoin expert go to Swan private I'm part of the team and I'm helping onboard high net worth individuals or businesses stack stats with a dedicated Bitcoin expert for that go to swanprivate.com Next up is Brains.com, that's Brains with two eyes. Brains are a Bitcoin company through and through. They're working on some of the most unique and cutting edge projects in the mining industry. They've got Brains OS Plus, which is firmware for ASICs. They run Slashpool, one of the, well, the earliest mining pool, and they're co-creators of Stratum V2, a next generation pool mining protocol. So with Brains OS Plus, this is aftermarket, custom firmware you can install to stack more SATs with your ASICs. The main feature is auto-tuning, which is per-chip auto-tuning, which opt- optimizes your performance and you get more hash rate for your electricity bill. There's a range of models supported so go and check out the website and also by using this you're, supro- you're supporting Stratum V2 if you're mining on slash Pool. So this improves privacy and reduces bandwidth loads for miners in remote locations. The Brains team are also hiring so go and check them out if you're a Rust developer, systems programmer or hardware architect. All of this is available on the website brainswithtwoeyes.com. Lend at HodlHodl is a peer-to-peer Bitcoin backed lending platform and you can lend or borrow stablecoins globally and anonymously using Bitcoin as collateral. So if you need some fiat liquidity, you can put your Bitcoins up as collateral and borrow to get some stablecoins. And in doing so, you still hold one of three keys in that multi-signature throughout the whole deal. On the other hand, if you hold stable coins, you can get a lot of interest out of this. So you can lend those out and define the terms and the APR for your deals. So if you're interested, go to sign up. The website is lend.hodl.hodl.com. That's lend.hodlhodl.com. And now onto the show with Graham. Graham, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, so uh, things are kind of crazy right now, everything's, you know, we're in this crazy bull market, I just landed literally just now in El Salvador and I'm here now for some Bitcoin conferences and obviously we're going to be talking about Lightning and I'm sure you've got lots of things to add. Um, So just for people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the Lightning Network?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah, I'm glad you're there. I, I wish I could be in El Salvador as well, but uh not able to make it unfortunately. Um but yeah, so uh for me personally, so I've been in Bitcoin for, you know, for a long time, you know, kind of one of those I want to say early adopters, but uh been around it for a long time. Always kind of kept it as a hobby, but always had a uh, normy jobs along the way. Um and uh, it was the start of uh, late 2018. I really wanted to get more and more involved into Bitcoin and, and the general ecosystem. And I was really kind of looking at, all right, like what's what's next on the path? What's next uh, for the, for Bitcoin in general? Um, and obviously, it, it, was, it was the Lightning Network. It was still very early, but that was what everyone was kind of promising is going to be this new mecca uh, for Bitcoin that's going to bring all this adoption and all of these people along the way. Um, so I started to look at it the earliest like lightning network in 2018 really wasn't uh i had some problems with it mainly just like on like usability and things like that which is kind of me having uh not very good uh foresight into what it could be right like what are what are all of these like improvements and things going on to happen um with it so uh i kind of like said yeah that's cool maybe i'll check on it a little bit later uh kind of just kept going doing hacking on random things um and then at the beginning of 2020 i kind of came back to it again and that's where i saw uh huge progress in terms of, you know, implementations, the protocol, like functionality, all of these things really started to get uh, fleshed out more. And all of my, my the things that I didn't like about it were basically non-existent anymore. And I started to look at it as a very serious uh, thing that is going to be able to scale Bitcoin to, you know, the world. Um, and so that's where I started to say, okay, this is probably the time to start getting more serious about this and look at, you know, where, where are some opportunities in the space Uh And that's where, uh, you know, I started to play around with, you know, L&D and some of the other implementations and kind of found it really still difficult to work with on the uh, operation side. You know, the protocol was like was working if you knew what you were doing, but there's still a lot of operational overhead to it. Um, And so that's where I found uh, I think there's a big opportunity to uh, help people in this in this area. And that's why I started Voltage.
0: Yeah, right. And so some of those problems you mentioned that in the maybe earlier days it was a little harder to get started with your lightning node or perhaps to route that payment or perhaps a larger payment. So small 10 sat, 150 sat payments would go through easily. But let's say once you started to try in the early days, if you were trying $100 or a few hundred dollars, then you started to get some issues, right? So what were some of the problems you saw in the early days versus what we see now?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's things like that. But then it was also like, uh, before things like Keysend and whatnot, you couldn't ever send a payment without needing an invoice first. So if I want to give my brother $10 on the Lightning Network for his birthday, I have to go say, hey, can you generate me an invoice first? And then I, they'll give me an invoice and I'll pay it. That's kind of silly, right? So uh, that was a big like UX problem for me that uh, you know ultimately got solved. It's just one of those things that... Uh, just took time to uh, actually develop it out and, and how it would actually work. So that's another example of just some of those early things, along with routing and all you know the the more protocol level things. But it was the there's some clunkiness in the UX, uh, which has come a long way in terms of that. And like things with multipath payments, where you can split up a payment amongst many routes, uh, helps deliverability immensely. So uh, a lot of those kind of weird, quirky UX things were what. Uh, or what I wasn't excited. Oh, kind of. I don't want to say what I wasn't excited about, but it was just one of those things that I knew that had to be fixed before anyone would really start using it. Um, and a, a lot of those things are at least fixed, or there's at least plans on fixing them. Like we have like a pretty good idea on how we're gonna attack that. You know, one
0: problem. Excellent. And so it's really just been this whole journey of each different problem. Some entrepreneur has come out, or some developer has come out to try to fix that. And so I think. That is where this whole idea of having nodes that are easier to run for the less super technical, less tech savvy, perhaps, although still somewhat tech savvy, but just not at that level, uh, this idea came from. And I think that's perhaps part of what you're doing as well with Voltage. So do you want to just start and tell us a little bit about what Voltage is and what you guys are doing?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so Voltage is a Bitcoin infrastructure provider. So what we do is we host uh, Bitcoin nodes and Lightning nodes. Uh, we also host things like BTC Pay Server, um, Thunderhub, some of these other uh, just uh, auxiliary tools around Lightning Network and Bitcoin as well. Um, but really kind of our cornerstone product is Lightning Network node hosting. Um, so through our platform, you're able to sign up uh, and provision a Lightning node for yourself in about two minutes. Uh, it's up and running, ready to go uh, very, very quickly. Um, and you basically don't have to manage any of the underlying, um, tech stack with the node. You don't have to worry about the networking or the backups or, uh, how are you going to, you know, find your peers. All those things are pretty well handled for you. Um, and so you're able to get up to speed much faster with, uh, very little overhead. Um, the recall kind of going back to the reason I started it was, uh, when I, it, when I first started looking at the light network, running those was super hard. They would crash all the time. Um, figuring out how do you get connectivity out to the network when you're running at home compared to in the cloud compared to all these other things. And, you know, what's best practices? How do you make sure your funds are safe? It was super overwhelming it was super difficult. So that's why I started Voltage is to make a really easy platform for people to just come online, click a few buttons and have a lightning node up and running. Um, and that's what we have today. And we've also like expanded it to be more uh, business-centric as well. So there's a lot of uh, larger companies that really uh, don't either have the technical expertise to know all of the ins and outs of Lightning or don't want to hire out a team dedicated for that. So we take on a lot of that burden for them. Um, and uh, they, it's, still, it's still their note at the end of the day, but we're able to abstract a lot of the complexities out for them. So just making it really, really easy for people to use Lightning is, our, uh, is really our objective here.
0: Gotcha. And so as an example, then you might be a merchant looking to set up a BTC pay. And then so this is one way to do that. Now, how would as an example, let's say I want to be a merchant. I'm maybe not super tech savvy, but I'm, you know, interested to set up my BTC pay. And so as an example, historically, that merchant might have had to purchase like an out of the box solution, like as in like a physical box to do it with, like say the noddle or run it off their own node or have technical competence, or perhaps they might have used let's say the lunar node web deploy. That's kind of historically what they might have done. What would that look like now if they were to try to do, try to do that now with voltage?
1: yeah, that's that's a that's exactly right. And uh, what's kind of different about voltage is we do um we kind of handhold you in a lot of the the setup as well. So when you do like a lunar node deployment. You're still kind of like on your own once it's like, once it's deployed, you're it's like, all right, you you go deal with it. Um, We we help you with the setup uh, a little bit more. And then we manage like the the Bitcoin node and those things on the back end. We do the updates for you. Uh, We make sure it's all like running and and smooth for for you. Um, So it's a it's a much more uh, hands off experience for you, the customer. Um, and so we're, we're able to really help you uh, get up and running faster. Um, and then uh, we also help, we have, we have a great support team that can help you with any questions you have about integrating or uh, how do you access your funds. Because, you know, uh, with our BTC pay server, we don't have access to your funds. It's non-custodial and that, you know, we just know the pub key and be able to generate addresses for you, but your private keys are your own private keys. Um, so being able to help customers figure out the ins and outs of integrating BTC pay server, Uh, And then how do they uh, also just kind of uh,
0: manage, manage
1: the funds and manage connecting it into your whatever workflows you have for accepting payments.
0: I see. And in the hosted node environment, right, so this idea is a hosted node service, what's the normal way, like, is the customer having to use Terminal and SSH into that or is it more like there's a web dashboard? Could you just tell us what does it look like? What can they expect to see?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, we have our own dashboard that helps you uh, manage the node. So stopping, starting, updating, uh, adjusting your settings, uh, all of those kinds of checking logs, all of those things. Um, we have a dashboard for. To help uh, make management really easy on you, and then when you want to connect into your node or actually use it, we expose the APIs for the node directly to you, so you're able to connect in from any uh, any wallet or any application. So ThunderHub, Zeus, Zap, you know, you name any, name any of them, um, you're able to connect as long as it supports LND right now. We're working on adding other implementations, but uh, right now it's just LND, and so uh, you really have you know complete access as if it was running in on your own hardware. Uh, and you're able to just connect anything up to it. You can you know, connect your own applications as well for, for integrating, um, and then even taking it a step further, something that's unique to our platform is we have uh, web hooks on our platform, so we're able to notify you when your node has an update or when you're, uh, when it got restarted, so it can automatically unlock itself. Um, so we have a few uh, unique pieces to our platform as well. Um, we also have uh, IP restrictions, so you can um, set which IP addresses are allowed to talk to your node. So, um, we've done a lot around security to make sure that it's um, uh, as robust as it can be for you know running running a node in, uh on you know in the cloud.
0: Gotcha. And can you give us an idea what kind of cost can we expect to see? Maybe give us a, a low end and a high end range that we could be talking about here to run a hosted node.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so our nodes start at ten dollars a month. Um, those are you know very obviously. Uh, just kind of individual focus. So they, they're backed by Neutrino. So um, they're very kind of light. They're called a light node. Um, and so those start at $10 a month and they can go up to like, we have a professional node tier, which is a little bit more custom built for uh, a business's needs and exactly kind of what they need in terms of like transactions per second and uptime and all of these things. Um, and those can get into like hundreds of dollars a month. Um, but uh, overall, it's uh, generally very affordable, um, especially when you think about uh, if you're just trying to if you want to start playing around with a lightning node, you know, instead of spending five hundred dollars on an at-home node, you want to just kind of try out how do I even like using a lightning node first? Um, it's a very, uh, very entry-level pricing to just try it out, and then you know, run it for a while. And if you ever want to switch and go run a node in your home, you can do that. Like that's you know, that's fine. Um, so very, uh, very approachable pricing is what we're really aiming to, to create here.
0: I see, and one of the, I guess historical things people had to think about when they were doing a hosted node was the hard drive space requirement for that VPS if they're doing a hosted node because historically and I think this is why many people opted for a pruned node setup because the full blockchain if you were to download that today as we speak in November 2021 it's something like 430 gigabytes something in that range and so that's quite an expensive cost for somebody who's running that on a VPS And so I guess that's where this kind of trade-off of having a pruned node and running like a neutrino style. um, Could you outline a little bit of your thoughts around that? Like what's that range there in terms of hard drive space for, you know, the pruned user versus the, let's say, the full blockchain history user?
1: Yeah, for sure. And even um, we even have uh, nodes that are like the standard nodes that connect into a full Bitcoin node. Um, but we have kind of a, we have a really advanced proprietary backend in how we run our Bitcoin nodes. So even when you're running with like a full Bitcoin node, it's, those are like $32 a month uh, compared to if you were running a full Bitcoin node with Lightning node on your own hardware in the cloud or something, it'd probably be hundred hundred and fifty hundred, 150 bucks a month. Um, so we're able to really um, abstract that cost uh, away from, you know, one user. Um, and so... It's uh we're we're really aiming to you know create a very robust platform that's also very cost effective, especially when you're comparing to doing you know a similar thing yourself. Uh, it could still be uh, when you're just running a Bitcoin node with with a Lightning node or something like you said. It can even even with the prune node, it could be fifty bucks a month.
0: I see, yeah, and so then that also raises interesting questions as well. And of course, I understand it's a business. You have customers. You're trying to make it easy for them. But I guess it also raises that question around what level of trust. And of course, it's it's choose your own level, right? You can pay the cheaper level and maybe you're placing a little bit more trust in Voltage, the company, to serve you the correct Bitcoin blockchain and not feed you, let's say, false blocks or false data versus obviously paying more. And you now have, I would say, stronger assurances that, yeah, you're really running, you're really downloading the full Bitcoin blockchain, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. There, uh, there, There is like a, a trust trade-off with, you know, using any kind of hosted setup. Um, so that that absolutely exists. Uh and I think it's just a matter of kind of what your own assurances are. I mean, even when you're running nodes at home, uh, you do have to like do a little bit of trusting that you know the code that you're running on your on your device wasn't tampered in the middle, and like you know verifying all of the code yourself, all those things. So there's a little bit of a trust there. Um, doing you know something on our platform is like you said maybe even like a little bit of a step further, but it's uh, you know even a step down from using like a fully custodial provider. So. Uh, there's always like a spectrum of trust um involved and you know we're definitely uh you know some i would say somewhere in the middle of that trust spectrum um and see, so yeah. it still give you know we still give you you are in control of your funds and your node and all of these things uh but there is uh, kind of always inherently uh a, a level of trust involved with these things
0: of course yeah and, and in fairness that merchant let's say they're a totally new merchant they they're thinking in their mind well should i go to the likes of open node as an example right and that would be more like a custodial lightning solution and i'm not of course not attacking open node i think you know they're great um and it's kind of that spectrum of where what are the options there and i suppose uh what you're trying to offer then is something in between that you're kind of not quite the crazy fully fully self-sovereign person but you're kind of somewhere in between and not as custodial i suppose so i'm curious as well for that user who is, let's say they're new, they haven't really learned all the aspects of lightning, channel management, managing the fees, all of this. How does it work if they want to spin up a lightning node with you guys in terms of channel management and all these things? Do they still do that themselves or is there some kind of automatic method there in the background?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, today, it's been um, like their responsibility to like, you know, manage channels and do all those things. Um, We provide, you know, a lot of kind of tools to make it easier. So we host like Thunderhub to make getting into your dashboard easier where you don't have to necessarily download an application to connect in or something, you know, it's all native to the platform. So we do have been trying to make it easier, um, but today it has, it has been like the user's responsibility. Uh, that said, that we just uh, released a few weeks ago a product called Flow, which is a, we, you know, we'll probably get into later, but it's a liquidity management solution. It It's a, it's a thing to help you get channels. Um, and so we're working on integrating that into the platform. So when you create a node, you automatically get a channel provision for your node, um same thing with being able to like use our flow ui to just like kind of select your node say hey how big of a channel do you want and just you know have it pro- automatically provision a channel to your node so uh, those those things are getting easier and we're working on a lot of solutions to make make it easier and easier you know we want to abstract a lot of these it- it's a very uh tight rope to walk of you know managing everything for the user but then also um not having full control of their node like we don't want to the, the nodes that we run on our platform we don't have any visibility into them. Um they're basically uh, black see. boxes to us. Like we don't know what their channels are, where their peers are, what funds they have on the node. We don't know anything about it. Um which is very intentional for us. We want it to be completely in the user's control and we don't have, you know, ability to spy on them or anything like that. So, um it's a very tight rope to walk to have that as a as an offering, but then also help them with the onboarding, all these things. So um, it's something we're working on, of still maintaining that level of security and privacy, but also helping them onboard easier and you know maintain their channels and all of this stuff um, easier than you know uh, just saying, hey, you got to deal with it yourself.
0: I see. Yeah. So it also does remind me of the conversation, uh, even in the earlier days around LND autopilot. So. That was So people who aren't familiar, L&D Autopilot would basically try to find nodes and it was kind of like a basic idea, but I think it seems that maybe the community, at least for now, is not really relying on that kind of approach. The approach now is sort of more like you try to find manually good partners to peer with and open your channels with. And so then if you are a merchant trying to run your own Lightning node, part of that learning journey is going to be figuring out who do you open a channel with and how do you try to get some inbound liquidity because obviously as a merchant you want to sell people need to be able to pay you in order for that you need inbound liquidity so i guess that's just an interesting uh development so do you have any thoughts on uh lnd autopilot or i believe um z-man had a similar idea i think it's called cl boss or any any of those related ideas
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think those are good ideas. I think uh, autopilot was just—I um, think there's just still more development to do on it to make it kind of production ready. I think that it would—I um, think it would just make bad decisions. I don't think that there's just enough like in like kind of the decision engine to like uh, do do well. Um, I haven't looked at many of the other ones, um, but I think generally speaking, it's a good—it's a good idea, and that's a, a an end state that we will get to where you know channel management isn't something that you really need to worry about. It'll be for the most part handled for you. Um, So I think that we'll get to that state. It's just a matter of, you know, enough engineers to, to go solve all of those problems.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, I think, and this reminds me of the panel we were on together at TabConf, where Bosworth's answer on this question was actually more like specialization. So his answer was more like, look, you might actually just have, there might be routing node services L- or LSP, Lightning Service Providers, and you, the merchant user, who's maybe not super technical or super into Lightning, you just want to use Lightning, you might just peer with that routing node operator. You might just open a channel with them and do it that way. So I think maybe that's, uh, and then it's, you're putting it on them to be a specialist in knowing, okay, who do I open the channel with? How do I manage my channels? How do I manage my incoming liquidity versus my outbound? How do I balance those channels? All of these kinds of questions, managing my fee rate, et cetera.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I think that you know there's a lot of developments in that area, like trampoline routing and things like that, that are um, really interesting. To where, uh, I think I think it's gonna be. I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I think there's a lot of different ways that we could approach this problem, and I think that um I think one of that that's that's a great idea of kind of having you know there's a lot of say there's ten you know LSP providers that all do kind of that of. Handling routing for you, and you can, you know, maybe connect to two or three of them, and you know, then that's all you have to do is just connect into these services that are essentially doing the routing for you in a way. Um, so I I, I think it's a, a really interesting concept, and I'm really interested to see how it plays out over time.
0: I see, yeah. And so, I know, as you mentioned, you're working with LND using LND under the hood. Now, I know. Lightning Labs are—they've got their products Loop, and so the idea, just for listeners who aren't familiar, you can swap in and out of on-chain or on chain using the Loop server. So, is this something you would look at doing, or is it something more like you would actually have a almost like a competing service, or how are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, um, we we would we 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 have no plans to do kind of any kind of competing service for that right now. Um, I think that we would be we're looking into um, enabling our customers to use Loop more so. Our customers can use loop today. They just have to run like the loop daemon or the lightning terminal or something like themselves on their computer and just point it at their voltage node. Um, So they can use it today, um, but we're working on adding like the lightning terminal onto the voltage platform like natively really soon. So once that's there, they'll be able to use loop, pool, you know, all of these services just kind of natively on voltage. So uh, we're we're definitely looking on enabling a lot of those features, excuse me, features as we go. Um, and just being able to tie into the greater, you know, Lightning ecosystem and being able to leverage a lot of those tools um, much easier than, you know, than having to like run them yourself or, you know, figure out a way to do like these loop ins and loop outs, you know, in some other way.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, because for some merchants, it's it's like it's enough to do their normal business then to also go and learn all the Lightning, Bitcoin stuff, unless they're like very committed to it themselves it's a It's a big ask, so I can certainly understand that. So what's your journey been like supporting Bitcoin businesses or people who want to spin up hosted nodes? like have you Have you got any uh, things to share in terms of uh, not obviously doxing particular customers or whatever, but just obviously more like themes or things you're getting out of uh, working with them?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it's been it's it's been a, a really fun time honestly I mean working with like a lot of, a lot of bitcoiners because that's kind of to date a lot of our customers have been people that are like you know in the Bitcoin space already knowledgeable about Bitcoin and they will kind of want to take it to the next level with lightning They want to do this you know the, the the new the new fancy way of doing payments with Bitcoin um, through the lightning network. so it's been really great working with uh, customers that um, that are already Bitcoin knowledgeable. And really just want to take it to the next level with Lightning. And so it's just been great working with those people. But now we're starting to see kind of this new wave of people that don't have a lot of Bitcoin knowledge that are just um, that just kind of know about it at a very, very high level, but haven't really used it in any serious way yet. And so those are, you know, people in like Central America with like, you know, the new El El Salvador law and things like that that are saying, hey, you know, we need to start figuring out how are we going to like incorporate Bitcoin into our business? Like, it's like a very real thing. And it's very obvious that we need to start looking at this. We have no idea how. And so being able to help them along their journeys, uh, a very different one than people that are already into Bitcoin, but it's a very fun one as well, where we're kind of um, helping these people that's, that are starting kind of from from ground zero almost, and teaching them how to how to get onto Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. And what's What's really um, cool for me personally is, you know, one of the things that I see as we see Bitcoin evolving is I think more and more people are going to be onboarded to Bitcoin through the Lightning Network. And then like the base layer, like layer one is just this kind of thing that uh, is this this, like lower level detail that you probably don't need to know much about. You're just going to hang out in Lightning all the time. Um, And that's kind of like becoming true where a lot of people are onboarding into Bitcoin through the Lightning Network and then learning about like the base layer and all these other things later on. and so I think that that's going to just continue to happen more and more where Lightning Network is is our entry point. And then um, learning more about the base layer and how that all works is, is, a, is an afterthought almost.
0: Yeah, I see. And as a relatively young business, Voltage is probably the first onion layer is the more hardcore committed Bitcoin and Lightning users. And then obviously as you grow and over time you'll start to have more and more newbie users who are like totally new and like, Oh, what's this lightning thing? What's a channel? I guess you'll start to have that. And then maybe you'll have to actually spend uh, more of your time actually teaching them about the Bitcoin and lightning basics compared to now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, I mean, that's something we're kind of like preparing
1: for now, like just doing some like education and stuff like that to, um, anticipate those, uh, new entrants coming online. But I mean, we also have those today. So it's, uh, Something that we're definitely looking at is how are we going to teach all of these, you know, people how to use Lightning and how to use Bitcoin, and you know, how do how do we do it in a really good way? So that's um that's a just kind of a a new thing that we're looking at that is uh, additionally really uh, interesting and fun to work on. Is okay, how do we educate these people on like how do you, how to use Lightning? How do you, what's a channel? How do you use a node? All of this stuff.
0: Yeah, and so that's probably the biggest obvious one for many people when they first use Lightning. They don't understand that they can't receive yet until they've got incoming liquidity. And so that's probably a common, that's probably the common one that you see. I've, I see it when I'm talking to people. Um, so I guess actually that's probably a good point to bring up flow. So do you want to tell us what is flow? What's the deal with it?
1: Yeah, sure. So flow is a easy way to buy channels for a node on the network and it can be frankly any node and so what we do is we leverage lightning labs pool product um and to give just a brief rundown on that pool is a uh it's an auction service essentially on the lightning network where users can come together and uh people that have you know say spare bitcoin laying around that is just kind of sitting there they can offer to lease it out in lightning channels and so uh, new users or just users in general um, that need liquidity for their Lightning node um, are able to come to pool and you know submit a bid to say, hey, I I need liquidity. I'm willing to pay this much f- to get liquidity open to my node. And then the auction service, uh, d- in a non-custodial way, matches up you know the people, uh, has them kind of do, do their agreements, and then um, the seller opens a channel to the buyer. Uh, that's so so it's a open open marketplace to buy and sell liquidity on the Lightning Network. Uh, it can be a little bit difficult to use from the buyer side because you have to create a Lightning Pool account, which requires you to lock up at least like 100,000 sats for you know maybe a few weeks. Um, and then you also have to already have a channel established to open up that pool account. Um, so it's kind of really difficult for people that don't really know what they're doing or new entrants. Um, so what we did is we... Uh, created uh, an API that uh, essentially says, "Hey, you can use our pool account. We'll manage all the the things on the backend for you, and you just say how much, like, how big of a channel you want, whether you want funds on your side or not. So you could have a dual-funded channel, um, and then uh, how much you're willing to pay if you if you want to set that, or you can just do an auto um, auto fee rate, and we will go and submit that order for you to the pool marketplace, and then just give you a ticket back, which is called a sidecar ticket." And then you can just go to your node and claim that ticket with like Lightning Terminal or Pool or you know some of the products that are built into all of the umbrella Start Nines, all of those at home node kits. Um, so it's really uh, a way to easily buy channels from anyone on the network. It's not through any centralized provider or service. You could get it open to you know just average users on the network. Um, and then uh, so it's a very easy way to buy channels both for yourself. You could also use this as a way to buy channels for your users. So if you wanted to help your users get onboarded faster, you can still buy these sidecar tickets and give them out to your users so they get the channels um, to to their node as well. So uh, it's a really easy way to get channels from just people out on the network.
0: Back to the show in a moment. Are you looking to get started with Bitcoin mining? Compass Mining are making it easy. So over at Compass Mining they've got a range of ways for you to get involved you can either purchase a machine and have that sent to a facility that has been vetted by the team and then it will be turned on you'll pay the hosting and receive sats and you can select your mining pool also on the other hand if you're in the US you can actually have that machine shipped to your home and Compass Mining are also putting out all sorts of informative content whether that is blog posts and posts from the mailing list as well as audio content and spaces that they're hosting so go and them out the website for that is compassmining.io if you're taking your security more seriously, don't forget to remove single points of failure and with Unchained Capital, you can do that by creating a multi-signature vault. Now, if you bring two hardware wallets, you can do this for free on their website. You can set it up for free if you're willing to just move through the web interface on your own and that's actually quite a simple process. Now, for those of you who need some more assistance, they have a concierge onboarding program which is really popular now and so you can basically pay, have hardware wallets shipped to you, they'll set up a call with you and teach you how to do this even if you've never held your bitcoin private keys before and remember the important point here is to eliminate single points of failure so when you have multi-signature you're holding two keys and unchained are holding one key in this example and so this really helps you and can it can give you some peace of mind as well especially as the number is going up the value is going up so we need to think about our security commensurately so if you're interested go to unchained.com select concierge onboarding program and use the code lavera for a discount and finally, if you need a Bitcoin hardware wallet, my favorite is the cold card. You can get this at coincart.com, and Coincart are a long-standing player in the Bitcoin industry, they've been involved with Bitcoin hardware in recent years. The cold card is like a specialized device that only does Bitcoin transactions and so it looks like a little calculator, it can store your private keys, it can generate your private keys and it can sign the messages and you can do that with a micro SD card going back and forth between the cold card and your computer. So you can use it easily with wallets like Spectre, Sparrow or Electrum as examples. So don't be scared, it's easy to learn if you're willing to put in the time and learn. are guides available on the website and in the process you'll actually learn a little bit more about how bitcoin works which will help you in the long term anyway so go to coinkite.com and use the code levera to order your cold card back to the show gotcha and so the important part as well is that it's not all like everyone just opens channels with the big well-known lightning users let's say everyone just opens a channel with async or Bitrefill or bitfinex it's more like the network is in this through this auction you're getting sent you're getting your incoming liquidity from one of those other routing node operators not necessarily one of the biggest ones
1: yeah yeah that's yeah that's, that's an important point and like with pool they have kind of a, a tiering system where you can have like kind of uh they have like their whole like boss score where it's uh there's like a higher tier and a lower tier and you can um choose kind of which tier you want um but with uh a, like the higher tier has a lot of like you know the big Routing node operators uh, on it that are just kind of out there in the network So you can get matched with some really good nodes that aren't those really really large popular ones and uh, for the sake of kind of You're very likely not gonna have a good time connecting to those really big operators because everyone else is you're just gonna be fighting for You know routes and all this like it's gonna probably not be a very good choice to connect into these really big routing nodes so this is a great way to decentralize the network more and being able to connect into ones that will likely give you better success probabilities uh, when you're trying to make payments.
0: Yeah, and so a little bit of background for users and listeners out there. There is some risk even if you accept an incoming channel because as an example, one of these big nodes might then have to think about the additional load on their own servers. They might have to think about things like the channel reserve or they might have to think about this idea of, uh, I might try to route through... This, this user, but if that user is not going to be reliable, have good uptime, be good at routing through, then their own routing performance might get impacted as well. So it's sort of, there's all these reasons why some of the high tier routing nodes almost, they don't want to open up too many channels to the less reliable nodes, because that might impact their own cost or their own, uh, ru- yeah, basically their own running costs, their own reliability, their own Uh, ability to route. So that's kind of an interesting, I guess, uh, aspect that people who are new to the lightning network might not really grasp these elements of it. Um, And another one actually would be even if let's say you open channels up with users and they, there's a lot of small HTLCs going through, then you might not actually be able to claim that back on chain. If something, let's say they let it just go offline and they only routed very small payments through, you might've ended up paying all this on chain fee, uh, for like in vain, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a large list of problems that you, you can experience doing doing things like that or connecting to basically bad nodes on the network. Um, and so that's where uh, it's it's important to be connected to to good nodes and to also um, it's kind of like we said at the beginning of being able to if you're just trying to like uh, accept payments for your business or only do some small payments yourself, you probably don't want to connect into like you know a lot of like open up. Twenty really, really, really small channels, you'd probably have better reliability connecting to like one or two really large nodes um, with a decent sized channel and have more success like that and you're less prone to having a lot of those things happen that you just mentioned
0: I see, yeah, so in terms of that user, then the idea is they can spin up their node and use flow or get a sidecar channel coming with inbound liquidity, meaning they can now receive funds uh and therefore sell their products or services on the lightning network. And so that makes it a bit easier for them. So in terms of achieving that, what's the current interface for that? Is that like API style or is that dashboard? What, what does that look like right now?
1: Yeah, so right now it's API only. um, And we kind of like launched as like a developer preview almost of just uh, API only seeing how it works and just kind of work out a little bit of the kinks. Um, But we'll have a UI a dashboard coming really, really soon, probably by like the end of the month, I would even say. Um, So we'll have a front end coming soon where you can just kind of come to our website, enter in like, you know, what size of channel you want. You can even add that you want some funds on your site so you're able to instantly send payments as well. Um, and then you can just, uh, pay for, pay for the channel and then it's, and then it's open to you. Um, and so it makes, makes onboarding really, really easy. And, uh, an important thing to note is that it's not only for like voltage nodes, you can use this for any nodes on the network. You can, if you just got a brand new umbrella in your house and you need to get some connectivity to it, you could use it for that too. So, um, the possibilities are really pretty open in, um, you know, the the way that you want to use it to connect.
0: Yeah. So... I'm also now thinking of the duration. So let's say that user uses flow to get an incoming channel to them. How long uh, is that? Um, can you just outline a little bit about the difference in the, you know, the short duration and longer duration channel inbound liquidity? Could you just explain a little bit on that?
1: Yeah. So uh, on pool, they have, um, they, right now they have a default lease duration of 2016 blocks, which is about two weeks. Um, and so at the end of that, two you, you buy a channel for two weeks. At the end of that time, the other end can either choose to close it or not close it. It's really up to them. They could leave it open if it's you know if it's a good enough channel or something like that. They might just leave it open. Um, but then I think Lightning Labs is also coming out with like a two-month lease as well. Um, so you could buy a channel for longer, too, if you needed it for longer. So um, there's only one duration right now, which is 2016 blocks, but there are more coming online soon, I think.
0: I see, yeah, and so the idea then is, as a merchant, you might have to then continually lease channels if you are continually operating your business to receive on the lightning network. so but I mean, that all comes down to the conversation around fees as well, because I think it's it's also managing that expectation around what people think, because I think in the early days of lightning, it was all, oh, it's all one sat fee, it's it's all free, you don't have to worry about it, but now it's more like, no, people actually need to be aware. There is a cost to run these things. There's a cost for the routing node operator. And in turn, they're obviously going to have to pass that on in terms of you, the end user, whether you are paying in terms of like you're an end user, just paying on the Lightning Network, paying some sats for the fees, or you're a merchant and you want to be able to receive sats. Well, there's some fees associated for that too. So I think that's going to be interesting. And just to see where the fees sort of level out at, let's say, Um, do you have any reflections or thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's becoming maybe a little bit of a hotter topic here recently about like fees on the Lightning Network and stuff, um, which I, I find it really interesting. I think that a lot of people have really good points. I'm kind of like personally uh, sitting in the middle, just listening to everyone's arguments and, you know, one day I'll decide. But uh, I think it's, there's some people out there that think that you should uh, pay for payment attempts too, whether it goes through or not, you should always pay for attempts, which, you know, prevents spamming of people just kind of probing channels and just trying to do either malicious or just trying to get insights or something like that, um, which I think has validity. I think that there could be, you know, uh, a uh, uh, an argument to be had for that. Um, but then it's also like you said, of, you know, there's people that are, none of this is free for anyone. So inherently charging a fee to route payments through your node, I think makes a lot of sense. You know, there's people that are um, on the zero fee bandwagon where they think that all fees should be zero, um, and I think that, you know, I think that that gets hard because people, you know, like I said, there's people are, this is a, a cost to everyone, bandwidth, hardware, all of these things, you know, cost money. So, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting paradigm that I think will, um, will work out over time. Uh, and I'm just, I, I'm really interested to see how it goes. I'm kind of like just listening to everyone's arguments. And I think that, uh, one, one day there'll be a pretty good, Solution to it, Um, but I think what's like really great about the Lightning Network is that you know when we're talking about charging fees for failed payments or something like that, we're not talking like charging five cents for a failed payment. I mean, it's like like a one millisatoshi. Like it could be so so small that it you know is really um, it's really not a a a material cost, but it's enough to prevent spamming or something like that. So I think that that's something that people get really uh, upset about is well, I don't want to pay for a failed payment. Well, it's like You're not paying a nominal amount of money for it.
0: Yeah, I see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll get into some of that as well. Um, I I am curious as well whether you have any... uh, Yeah, do you have any ideas on where you see... um, I mean, we were talking about the fees aspect of it. Where would you say fees are right now in terms of... Would you say something like 0.2% or 0.3% is sort of... Let's say for the end user paying uh let's say on as an example paying a hundred dollar payment on the lightning network do you think it's typically it's fair to say they might be paying something like 20 cents on that or do you have a rough feeling of where that is or sense of that
1: yeah that's a good question i don't know if i have necessarily a, a hard feeling on that and i haven't i honestly haven't paid much attention to like where fees are at now um I would say it's maybe even like maybe a little higher than like, you know, 20 cents on $100 or something like that. I, I, again, it really depends on your route too. Like I said, there's some people that are doing zero fee routes where you might pay like nothing on that, um, where some people are, you know, charging higher fees. And it's that's uh what can be maybe a little bit uh, unpredictable with the network is it just depends on your path and the fees that everyone sets on that path, whether it's, you know, really high or really low. Um, so, and, and I think that that's kind of the state of the network I would say right now is it's very sporadic where some people have fees higher, some people have no fees at all. Um, and it's all about, I think that that's, that, there's a lot of people that are interested in the light Network right now about like the fees and the economics to the Lightning Network of watching your channel get drained from one side to the other and saying, hey, I can increase fees, you know, 10% and then it'll, you know, I'll collect more money and then it'll drain slower. And you know, trying that out for a week, and you know, playing playing around with the fee rates and how fast you know your channels are getting drained or funds are moving around. So, I think there's a lot of people that are interested in that, that are playing around with those kinds of economics that make it uh, make the network a little bit sporadic in terms of fees right now. So it could it, it's kind of all over the place.
0: Yeah, right. And if you're if they're trying to really overly optimize, as listeners might recall from my earlier episode with Jesterfer and Tony from Amboss, we were talking about that idea that some users are. Changing their fee rates extremely quickly, and then that can also cause some issues, uh, yeah, around the network. I have I, I haven't
1: listened to that to that episode yet. I need to do that, but that that has caused some significant problems on the network because of the the gossip layer. Like uh, how, for those that aren't really familiar, the light network uses a gossip uh, messaging protocol that basically whenever you update your fees or you create a new node or a new channel it sends messages out to the greater network and everyone kind of relays those messages about your updated status. Um, well, if you're updating your fees every five seconds or 10 seconds, that's a lot of messages on the network. And it essentially just spams the whole network to where um, no one really gets the important messages. They're getting just your stupid fee rate up- updates that, <laughs> that no one cares about. So doing that is actually really problematic too. But I think that... Um, we learned that a few months ago that it could be really problematic. I think some of the implementations added some safeguards to that as well, though.
0: I see. So maybe an example is they might rate limit the number of times that you change your fee rates, as an example. right? So maybe that's something. Um, but I guess and just the broader conversation around Lightning Network and where it's going and perhaps security considerations. And some of these questions are starting to come up now as well. So as we were saying, there was that earlier concern uh, you noted around spamming or, or jamming so I think this is if you if you if listeners you want to search search channel jamming so there's this idea that uh, and there's research and people talking about ways of potentially fixing these things by either doing things like rate limiting or having some kind of reputational system or various ideas like that do you have any uh, thoughts on that or do you have any things that you think are likely as outcomes of um, these attempts to stop jamming and therefore what that does to the network?
1: Yeah, I think that um, I, I I don't, I, don't, I guess I, I, it's one of those things that I don't really have hard feelings about either. I think that it's one where I'm kind of like staying in my lane of, you know, my, my knowledge and I let and I let those people that are like really into the channel jamming things like Yoast and uh, there's some other people um, that are like, you know, really trying to solve that problem really, really, you know, efficiently. So I, I kind of stand back and let them do it. But uh, I think that there's, it's one of those things that goes back to like the key send thing that where I was saying that, uh, I didn't like the light network because you couldn't, um, send without an invoice. Well, this is another thing that's like, well, I don't, this doesn't sound great, but I have confidence that it's going to be solved one day where this isn't an issue anymore. And it's just a matter of time for people to find that solution. So, um, I, I think it's one of those things that will get solved and, you know, we're, you know, this will just be one of those things for the history books.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I see. I see. Um, and, I guess it is also starting to grow up as a network. And so it might also start to face some more security challenges or people trying to actually attack the network. I think maybe for the first few years of the Lightning Network's life, um, it's 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 had training wheels, effectively. And nobody's really been actively trying to attack it. Whereas in the earlier days, Bitcoin was just getting attacked all the time. And so I wonder... and this is something for all of us right because you're you're building a business uh, you, you know with a big component of the lightning network uh, involved and obviously I'm a bitcoin and lightning you know I'm a podcaster and I'm talking about it all the time so we all have some um, skin in this game but I'm wondering do you have any thoughts on that in terms of are there other security things out there hiding or do you do you see that as a risk uh do you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah i think that um it's it's something more and more people are being aware of. And I think that people are kind of waking up to the fact that the lightning network to date has been on training wheels almost where there hasn't been a serious, you know, kind of correlated attack on the lightning network to really try and do some serious harm. Um, So I think that people are are starting to kind of realize that. Um, And I think that there's a lot of work on the implementations as well to, to work on that. So like Ellen, I think C Lightning has like remote signing where you know you have a can have a kind of a cold it's not quite cold storage but a a, a siloed node that has your private keys and you have like a more public facing node that um, can do more of the the network you know communication. Um, LND I think just added that too. So there's a lot more work being done on the security side to segment out you know some of the more sensitive things uh, to to better protect it. Um, I think that there, we still do have a long way to go. Like, like I said, on our platform, we've added in a lot of security centric features, um, specifically like, uh, restricting your APIs to only allowed IP addresses. There's a lot of really prominent nodes out there. I'll say that have their, their APIs open to the world, which is like kind of security number one of don't do. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, Things that are still being worked on, I would say, uh, as far as the network goes. But I think that people are starting to wake up that hey, you know, people are starting to put serious money on lightning nodes as well. To that makes them, you know, a bigger attack vector, and then it also um, is just something that you really need to start watching out for if you're one of those people that are doing that. So. I think people are really starting to wake up to the fact that this is becoming a much more serious, uh, a serious thing. Especially like there's a there's a government in Central America that is like you know using the Lightning Network now. It's like this is becoming real, and we need to take some serious precautions to make sure that this is secure.
0: Yeah, and as this network is being, in some sense, stressed. It, stress tested now by having a lot more businesses and users who are using it now. Obviously, I'm in El Salvador right now and I'm, I haven't uh, been at, had the chance to go and spend with Lightning just yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to. Uh, and so, of course, many users are using Chivo or custodial wallets, but of course, those businesses are using providers like the likes of OpenNode or Ibex Mercado or the government Chivo provider or Strike or things like this. So, everyone's having to... Uh, see how the lightning network is actually going to work at scale now pretty soon. So with millions, there'll be literally millions of users, uh, coming. Um, so I think that's an interesting, uh, thing to see how the network handles this dramatic increase in users.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. Um, I think that that's one thing. That's an important thing to note. Um, excuse me about the, the, state of the light network in like Central America and things like that is it's primarily custodial right now, um, which is fine, but it's like, imagine when, you know, these you know, more and more people are starting to use it in a non-custodial way. Like, I think it really, um, it's going to alter the networks, you know, significantly. Uh, and, you know, for those custodial providers, I mean, it's your, your 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 users that you're servicing is going up, like, you know, significantly where, you know, we're assuming more people follow in El Salvador's footsteps, you know, it's going to be significant number of users on, on, on this thing. And so it's also your job to make sure you're doing the right thing
0: security-wise too. And from, uh, let's say, enterprise level or even just medium business size level, as people start to scale things up beyond just, let's say, the the local corner shop sort of level of Lightning Network, then people will have to start thinking more seriously about things like backups, redundancy, and we're seeing things like various exchanges who might have a setup where they have like one node in front and another node behind, and they're they're doing more complicated setups. So is that something that you might have to explore as well from a voltage perspective, if let's say you were to try and onboard a larger business who wants to take lightning payment?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, That is always something that, you know, we're looking at and we're like adding into the platform. So the things like backups and, and you know, uh, the, like like I said, like security, like um, IP restrictions, things like that is all like native to the platform. So we handle all of that for our clients. Um, And when we think about, you know, larger customers, we do kind of like a custom solution. So if you need, you know, a, that, that kind of like node in front with like a hidden node behind it kind of thing, you know, we do all of those, those kinds of setups too. So we definitely do kind of create custom packages for those really large clients, and uh there's we're also you know keeping an eye out on all of the implementations and their advancements with you know l and d s doing a lot with like some new databases and stuff like that um so there's a lot going on in that space. I think that you know again, given uh really the burst we've seen even in the last six months that a lot of these implementations are looking at okay, how are we gonna run this in a very you know serious way outside of just some some guy in his basement running a Lightning node, we're kind of getting into much more serious deployments. And so how are we going to service those people in a really uh, efficient, really, you know, robust way? Um, and that's, you know, that's what we do as well as we kind of take, we, we kind of, we we were really very close with the implementations and watching what they're doing. And then we're able to surface up uh, kind of, you know, best practices and recommendations to our clients based on that.
0: I see, yeah. And so as you mentioned earlier, the current, Offering is LND, only the Lightning Labs uh, implementation of Lightning Network. What what else would you look at next? Like, would you be looking at C-Lightning or Async or Rust Lightning sort of solutions? What sort of ideas are you looking at there?
1: Yeah, we're definitely looking at C-Lightning next. Um, you know, we 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 want to add it to the platform. We're kind of like just a small team and it's just, you know, a matter
0: of man hours
1: right now. Um, but we definitely do want to add C-Lightning to the platform. Um, like Rust Lightning or LDK is a little bit more of a building block, so it's not quite you know a full node in itself. You kind of got to build it up, but really, C Lightning would be would be the next one that we're looking to add to the platform.
0: I see, yeah, and also curious if you've got any thoughts. I think some people have been mentioning uh, concerns, maybe not concerns, is maybe a strong word, but some people have been mentioning perhaps payment reliability or perhaps. Uh, Channels being shut down uh, on the Lightning Network, or lots of messages being passed along the Lightning Network, has that come into any of what you've seen, or has has that come across? Has any of your customers come across that, or maybe you've just come across it in terms of online discussion about Lightning Network?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of one of the the fun parts about our job is I think we get a lot of visibility into a lot of different kind of areas and and happenings in the network. Um, And so you know, whenever there's there's always like some someone on the network that's like ah their nodes like having problems and all of their channels got closed to you know a bunch of these different people and so that's it's again kind of showing like the infancy of the network as well where we're still kind of figuring out what you know what's causing all these you know these little weird bugs and whatnot so th- those things you know definitely do happen um, and I think that we're you know we we work with our clients as well as like the open source you know projects to try and surface those bugs and figure out you know the best ways to handle them um so you know those things definitely do happen but i think that they're they're being worked on and we're trying to make it uh so those kind of weird weird bugs are happening less and less um which again i think it's you know one of those things that will be solved it's just a matter
0: of time yeah so looking out to bitcoin or lightning just generally more broadly do you have anything you're looking to see whether that's at the protocol level or application wise or maybe business wise what would you want to see out there
1: yeah, I mean, like, so we're, th- there's a lot of things that we're working on, you know, behind the scenes that uh, we're really excited about. And there's, um, I, you know, I can't really go into detail on a lot of it, but really trying to create, what what, what we're trying to create is a full service platform uh, that kind of has things to service Lightning users, you know, just broadly, you know, whether it's, you know, things with like channel management or, you know, running the nodes or observability or, you know, just getting, uh, up and running coding applications for it. So there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of things that need to be built around the greater, you know, network um, to help people just get up and running and uh, get up and running faster and then also running in a really efficient way. Um, when you think about, you know, people running applications outside of the cryptocurrency ecosystem at all, you know, there's a lot of great tools you can be up and running like super fast. Even, even in like Ethereum, you know, I'll say that I think that Ethereum... Has kind of had us like beat in like developer tooling and like getting these new developers on board and things like that. And so I think that there's a lot that we can do to help new people get on board and then also kind of cater to the developers and getting people to start writing applications around the Lightning Network that, um, you know, has just like, there just hasn't been great tools for yet. So that's something that, you know, we're working on and I'm really excited about is being able to usher in this new era of developers and this kind of um, next level lightning deployments where, like we said, you know, today it's kind of been a little bit of the, you know, the, the early adopters, these people that are really into the network and really looking beyond that. And, okay, how are we going to bring in new people and how do we make this a more robust network that, you know, maybe isn't, isn't where it's at today and, you know, just taking it to the next level.
0: Yeah, I see. And so... As I read you then, and from talking to you, it seems to me like your main customers will be some developers who are looking to like spin up a lot of nodes for their Lightning businesses or Lightning products, uh, and potentially merchants who want to take Lightning payment. Uh, and maybe uh, let's say if you're if you're living uh, you're traveling around a lot and you need your Bitcoin node to be running uh, as a as a VPS because you can't obviously travel with that Bitcoin node. Well, then maybe that kind of user might be. Um, a typical that might be a a typical customer as well so is that is that right or where else do you see your typical customers being what kind of profiles do you see them as
1: yeah yeah um we like we, we have a very i think wide kind of profile of customer and that's kind of that's kind of intentional with just you know how early the lightning network is we want to provide good solutions for everyone um until you know while we're growing the network so you know, those like really kind of cheap entry level plans are great for people that are like you said that, you know, you don't have stable Internet. You're moving around all the time or something or you just want to try out lightning. You know, it's a, a great solution for them. Um, and then it's also uh, great for if you wanted to uh, create like a donation page or you have an event or something and you want to like accept lightning payments, but you don't want to like dox your own personal lightning node. You know, you can spin up a node on our platform for a week for your event accept your donations, close the channels and, and be done with it. just delete it entirely. So there's a, there's a lot of use cases for just you know the average user for our platform. Um, and then you're right that we're working with a lot of uh, people that are kind of creating lots of lightning nodes as well. like we you know work with Sphinx and Zion, the two um, kind of social media uh, platforms that are built on lightning. So you know we provision thousands of lightning nodes for them. Um, as well as you know, people like we run nodes for like Amboss. Uh, so those people that are developing applications on top of the on top of Lightning Network to do insights or you know usability. Thunder Games is a good example of you know enabling Bitcoin payments. So it's and then like we have some bigger customers that I'm you know not even probably allowed to name. So it's a very wide spectrum from just the individual that just needs a Lightning node all the way up to like you know the bit mission critical deployments that you know you don't want to run your businesses shop on a Raspberry Pi in your home because that doesn't make any sense. So uh, it's, it's a very wide range of customers.
0: Yeah. One other question. So I guess slightly stepping away from the Lightning aspect just for a bit, let's say somebody wants to set up a Bitcoin node and do, I don't know, Electrum servers or other like not necessarily Lightning but just have a Bitcoin hosted node. So Bitcoin, Electrum server, maybe something, maybe CoinJoin aspects as well that they just want that as an on always running node is that something you're exploring is that something you would offer as a service for people
1: yeah we do like so we do host like bitcoin nodes and we do do you know a handful of them um so we do do that and if a customer needed something like electrum server or you know whatever the services are you know we can kind of work with them to to make sure it's you know installed and running so uh we do we do work with those those kinds of things um and we we are definitely able to provide kind of custom solutions depending on you know, the the person's needs
0: gotcha yeah well uh, that i was just thinking that could also be like uh, as another example what if you had uh uncle jim node right and you it's it's like an electrum server and you can spin that up and then you can tell all your family and friends oh hey if you're a noob and you can't run your own thing hey here's mine connect to mine so yeah, maybe yeah. that's a that's like a a product idea <laughs> um yeah, but definitely. Um, But uh, yeah, so I think that's, um, those are probably the key points and we're probably running up to time anyway. So, uh, Graham, where can people find you online and if you've got any other uh, final thoughts for listeners out there?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, you can find me online uh, on Twitter. My handle's at G-K-R-I-Z-E-K. And you can find Voltage at Um, Voltage.cloud. Sign up, we have a free trial node where you can just come, you know, create a, a node for free for, for 10 days or seven days. Um, so come try it out and just, just check out the platform and, uh, see what you think. Um happy to hear any and all feedback of, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're, you're thinking and, um, be watching, you know, our, our space in the future. We're definitely coming out with a, a lot of new products and we're working on a lot of really cool things that I think will, will help everyone um, on the Lightning Network. So
0: yeah, stay tuned. Fantastic. Thank you, Graham. Yeah. Thank you. Get the show notes at stefanlevera.com 323. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the Citadels.